you know what this is. A commercial? Right, and you know what that means. Time for a snack? Wrong. I want you to do some heart-healthy exercise. Yes, you. Try some seated leg extensions right now. Just lift each leg up and extend it straight one at a time, six to eight times. I can do that. Yes, you can. Remember, every commercial is a chance to sneak in heart-healthy activity. Visit findexerciseanywhere.com and speak with your doctor to learn more about the risks of heart failure. College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to discuss what really was the true week one. You know how you have week zero and all that? We know it's week four, but this was really the kickoff. The SEC returned, uh, the conference games definitely picked up now, and uh, Pac-12 is back. We know the Big Ten is back October 23rd, 24th weekend. So there's a lot to look forward to, but man, what a wild week in the sport. Just ask Oklahoma, who lost to Kansas State in a wild shootout, 38-35. to And you look at the numbers on both sides. You look at the numbers on some of these games. They're just ridiculous. Um, Oklahoma now lost to Kansas State twice in a row. Um, and obviously LSU going down, swinging against Mississippi State, and they – just put up some crazy numbers. Georgia kind of struggled. They're going to have a quarterback issue. Uh, they switched to their backup, and he sparked them a little bit. That Auburn-Kentucky game was a very competitive game. Texas-Texas Tech, overtime 63-56. to Remember we talked about that, hey, should it just be the over? Should we just go over because they're not tackling? Uh, I think that may have happened in some of these. Um, our uh, Raging Cajuns got by. On a last second, like 50-some yarder. A lot of competitive game. That Pitt-Louisville game was competitive. You know what game wasn't competitive? That was the rivalry between Miami and Florida State. Miami threw 52, 52 points on them. We're up 35 points at half. That was kind of crazy. Um, Florida put up some crazy numbers, too. Um, Bama was just kind of steady. So we're going to kind of break down what we saw really week one, but week four. And then, you know, we do actually have some interesting games coming up. Um, Texas A&M, who's 13th right now against number two, Alabama. Auburn and Georgia, this is a huge game early in the season. Um, even Iowa State and Oklahoma is going to be kind of tricky. A couple of these games might be kind of tricky. Um, North Carolina and Boston College. Boston College has actually looked really good this year. That could be something that happens there. So um, Florida, South Carolina. South Carolina played Tennessee pretty close. Let's see how that works out. Texas, TCU. So there is definitely some interesting stuff to talk about. Before we get into some recap from week four and all the crazy stuff that happened in it, and when you look at some of these numbers, you're just like, my goodness gracious. And before we predict some of these games uh, for the week five and get to the crafty, crappy pick of the week, which was a pretty good pick there, uh, perfect game, too. It got highlighted as the worst two teams matching up. I saw that and uh, actually texted that to you now that I think about that. But before we get into the college ball show, if this is your first time listening to the college ball show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Radio. It streams live at archives. However, if you want to listen to this podcast, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and download the show or listen to the browser. You can find this podcast 
under the Rope Dope Radio Podcast umbrella at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, really across the board. Also part of the Grueling Truth Sports Podcast Network, which can be found everywhere, including Spotify. Why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's football, it's basketball, it's boxing, it's baseball, it's everything in between. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. I use it myself. It's called AT&T TV now. It's live streaming cable. They do have the seven-day free trial. There's no annual contract. Once you start, uh, the plans start as low as $55 a month. You can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. And right now, if you sign up, Straight up, you get a um, 30-day free trial of HBO Max. Now, here's another deal to this thing I'm telling you about. If you sign up for the AT&T TV Now Max package, HBO Max is already included in that, plus a free month of Showtime, which is regularly $11 a month. So that's AT&T TV Now, like I said, live streaming cable. I mean – some of these numbers that you see, it's it's crazy. LSU, um, first defending national champ to lose the opener since 1998. Michigan was that team that they split. Uh, most points scored versus Texas. The series began began in 1928 in that 63 to 56 uh, overtime game. I mean, Costello put up just the 600 yards passing. Uh, in a game, 30, what he put up five touchdowns to SEC record. Like the amount, if you look at Florida, the Florida Gators threw 10 total touchdown passes in 11 games in 2017. Kyle Trash just did 16 in the first game of the year. Like Pitts, who came on last year, he's like a wide receiver, tight end, eight catches, buck 70, four freaking touchdowns. I mean, the numbers that were put up, like I said, one of the biggest uh, biggest outcomes to a Miami-Florida State game. Miami shut out Florida State back in 1976, 47-0. That was the second biggest one. I mean, the numbers. Sam Ellinger, you know, is the first player in Texas history with multiple five-pass uh, touchdown games in a single season. Um, and he's second to do it. And, you know, the only guy, the other guy to do is Colt McCoy from Texas. So, I mean, Mississippi state puts up 40 plus on LSU for the second time ever. And the first time since 1938, like these numbers, the big 12 lost three K games to the Sunbelt non-conference. And one of those teams beat Oklahoma. Good luck, by the way, for the big 12 in the college football rankings. Uh, they're behind, they're, they're done. They're done. Um, this is crazy. And Kansas State came in down eight key contributors, three starters on offense, four starters on defense, and then like a really good solid, uh, I think, D line that comes in. I mean, dude, this was one of the craziest. And considering a good chunk of the league's not even back with the two power five conferences, this was nuts, Marshall. Nuts. And by the way, you got to unmute. It was a. A very fun week one slash week four of college football. I know that we've had games going on, but it was nice to have like some of the top dogs back. There was some more ranked games like it, it, the, the CBS primetime game was on. It was LSU this week. Um, Mike Leach and his air raid worked out pretty well. 
Yes, this was just a really enjoyable week of college football. I actually made money off of it, too, so that makes it even better. Um, for, for positives, um, Missouri did cover. Um, they lost to Alabama, and they were down 28-3 to at half. So, the honestly, the, the biggest betting trend in college football for the past two years, and I guess now and change, has been to bet Bama first half. Bama was up 28 to three. They won 38, 19. So Mizzou covered the game, but Bama covered first half. And obviously it wasn't much of a game. So my Missouri Tigers didn't get completely embarrassed. And then to go down the rankings, Oklahoma did get embarrassed. This team was up. um, Freaking. They were up 21 points with like a couple minutes left in the third quarter. Like there, there was no reason if you're Oklahoma, you lose the game, Chris. They, this is a team that they lost to them last year. So you'd have to be ignorant or stubborn to, to just say, hey, this is a walkthrough. Like, you know, K-State caused the issues. And yes, K-State did lose to Arkansas State earlier in the year. But all that would do probably is motivate them more. And you were up 28 to 7 at, or 21 to 7 and a half. Like Kansas State's offense wasn't clicking. But. K-State scores late. They block a punt. All of a sudden, now you're in the freaking game, and then Oklahoma doesn't score a single point in the in the fourth quarter. Um, Rattler, their quarterback, who had a lot of hype, okay, the kids barely played a game. His first game doesn't count because it was against a pretty shitty team. He, he was looking good early, but then he started throwing some picks. Like, I just, there, there's not really any good excuse for Oklahoma and again, you, you can say, okay, Lincoln Riley, the offense fell apart maybe a little bit, but you scored 35 points. And But again, Chris, we're on the same page. It's the defense. And Oklahoma defense, who they try to fix every year, struggled again. And they, it went from being down 21 to, holy shit, we now got the momentum. We hit a big kick, and all of a sudden we're the ones playing defense. Hold on. I just, I'm at a loss of words for Oklahoma. This doesn't completely take them out of the playoff you're gonna need some help again just I, I don't see how it happened Chris to blow a 21 point lead to a team that lost you um that that's a big x on the uh Oklahoma Sooners team for a team that you know maybe maybe we put too much pressure on Lincoln Riley but uh another choke job by them against a team who upset them last year yeah and they they're they're done dude I know they've always lost one and it usually was to an unranked team or whatever. Or actually, I don't think Iowa State was unranked, but a couple of years back when they did it. But they, I think they're done. I think they're they're done. I just think that they're the, the strength of schedule is pretty good, but I think they're done. I mean, unless Kansas State can like Kansas State lost already. You know I, what I mean? And I they know, lost to not a Central great team. Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, a team Arkansas that's one State. and one too. Yeah, Arkansas State. They lost too. Arkansas State. They lost. They lost to uh, Memphis week one. Mm-hmm. Memphis isn't a bummy team, but they're done, dude. They're done. I hate to do that this early, uh, but they're done. They're done. The Big Twelve's done, dude. Big Twelve's done. They're not getting in the conference finals. Not, and speaking of the Big 12, people have been freaking loving Texas. Hell, Kirk Kerbstreet has Texas in his final four. And Texas needed – Texas was down 15 with like three and a half minutes to go. They have an onside kick, roll through a Texas Tech player's hand and score and get the two-point conversion, then win in overtime. But your Texas had to do all they can to beat a Texas Tech team that almost lost to Houston Baptist the week prior. And Houston Baptist <laughs> is trash. Like, La Tech whooped Houston – 
Watek dropped 66 on Houston Baptist this week. So, and I know we're, we're tying some dots here, but if Texas had to pull out a miracle against a team that could barely beat Houston Baptist, Texas ain't going to be a Final Four team. Now, again, it's 2020. Who knows what the hell is going to happen this year? But sure. yeah, I'm with you, Chris. The, the Oklahoma loss, Texas probably the number two ranked team. They looked like trash. Um, had some Oklahoma, had some Texas fans at the bar I was at when I was watching that game shout some very immature things. So it just goes to show that, oh, maybe those Texas fans are some scumbags. <laughs> I'm just ripping on that state because I don't cheer for them. But it, it just, again, if that's your best product, yeah. I mean, Iowa State, they, they barely beat TCU. The Big 12 is is struggling. Maybe K-State maybe maybe K-State goes for the Big 12 title. Hell, you beat Oklahoma, you're 1-0 in conference. You can forget about your choke right. loss earlier. But, yeah, but, okay, let's go. But then let's go to the SEC as we trickle down. Um, What a performance by Mississippi State. Like, I know LSU lost a ton of people. They probably had no business being favored by that many points as they were to that game. That was probably a, a inflated line due to a national championship prior team. But real quick though, timeout. Oh, wasn't sure. Oklahoma favored by 28? Yes, and they were favored by a plus 20 last year too. I think last year was like 23 or 24 against K State. So it's back to back losses to the same team as 20 point favorites. Oh. Sorry, I, had to, I, I forgot that point. I forgot that point. But hey, yeah. at least we're not Atlanta Falcon fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God Almighty! <laughs> so, moving on from we're we're in the same area. Atlanta's down south. So, uh, credit to Mississippi State. Okay, against Week One, um, you're in a little bit of a tough spot if you're LSU, just because you've not played a team like this before. Like you know, Mississippi State's only had a, a, a tough nosed defense with a a quarterback like you know Prescott that kind of runs the ball a little bit and. Now you have a guy that's going to throw five wide and throw the ball as much as as high as you can count. And for that first game, it worked out really well. Um, we were talking before the show about, hey, can this last forever? Who knows? But uh, we I remember doing podcasts last couple of years where if Mike Leach loses a game, he'll rip the team. But he ain't changing his style. So may, maybe Mississippi State doesn't win two more games this year. But you know what? It's going to be the error rate every single game. And for the people saying, oh, well, it's the SEC. We don't do that down here. Well, for his first game, Chris, it was very effective. He has a kid who he never coached, but he's seen play head-to-head from his conference games. Costello comes from Stanford. And he's Costello is by no means a great quarterback, but he's also above average. He's probably on a Madden game. He's probably like a, an 86, I would say. Yeah, so, he's solid. He yeah, has you, a you, lot of good performances. Yeah, so you got a new style coming into town that obviously, like, Auburn and Alabama sure as hell don't run the freaking five wide. Like, it's a new style. You have a coach who knows this system as good as any coach in the country. Uh, he's a brilliant mastermind uh, of him and Kingsbury. A lot of people say are the two best offensive guy minds in, in, in the sport. Um, again, who knows if it'll last, but a, a hell of a start for Mike Leach, a huge win for Mississippi State. The, the stat, I'll throw it to you, Dan Mullen won one game on the road versus like a top 10 ranked team when he was in the SEC in like his four or five years at Mississippi State. And Leach does it in his first game. Yeah, it was now, of course, LSU had what they say, 13 juniors leave early to the pros, which is an amazing amount that set the record. And then Chase, uh, it starts with the B, the corner. And I think it's an offensive tackle, but don't quote me on that. Three of their top tier returning players 
didn't, you know, did the COVID thing too. So this is nowhere near the same team, not even close. No. Um, so we have to preference that. But what's crazy about putting up 44 points is you had eight possessions that only had three three points. You had eight p- total possessions, meaning this game didn't start out as just a up and down the field. Oh my God, this was seven to three after that uh, pick six. It was seven to three, and then pretty much, I mean, there's a couple of punts after that, but pretty much that's when it played out. Um, you know, to be the score fest, 44-34. Ultimately, like you said. Costello, 60 attempts, 623, and five touchdowns. And like we talked about off air, he didn't even play a phenomenal game. He actually made some kind of boneheaded plays. But Mississippi State ran the ball for nine yards. (laughs) And here's the problem that I had with LSU. They had 38 carries, and it gave them 80 yards, 2.1 a carry. Um the numbers were pretty good from a, a new starter. Uh, he threw picks, but, you know, he, to have him throw 46 times, I know it's a different system than years past. We saw that last year, evidently, you know, clearly. But still, you you did actually, if you're LSU, you did run the ball 38 times, and you only gave up, eight, you only gained 80. Now, obviously, you lost, uh, like on the quarterback, 11 carries for, negative 37 (laughs) you know that that hurts the numbers but still if you take that away that many carries that's what kind of surprised me that they couldn't hold that ball and collect some first downs to give their defense a break yeah and and, you know part of it is like we talked about mississippi state over the years they always seem to be ranked and and then it'll fade away their their defense really has been pretty good so maybe this is a team that, okay, we've always had a, a, a respectable defense, not elite like uh, Bama, but a respectable defense. So maybe the Mississippi State defense, Chris, is something that the media is not going to touch on because you're going to have leash crazies, press conferences, and, and all the offensive talk. But, okay, if you're Mississippi State, you're going to have to adjust. You're probably going to have to play more because you're going to have lots of quick three and outs, but maybe that's something that's strong and you give Leach a little more time to work on the air, right? And all of a sudden you're looking at a, a pretty dangerous team. Uh, and again, may, maybe this year it works out. Maybe next year people catch up to it for a little bit. But again, this is a dude that my, I remember last year, Washington state lost like four heartbreaking games in a row and Leach was just ripping people and didn't care that the system ain't going to change. So if you're an SEC team, you better realize, okay, maybe from what you said, Mississippi State has a respectable defense and an offense that's going to make you get ready to defend the pass like crazy, so you better get used to it. So uh, credit to Leach. Again, LSU probably didn't need to be ranked number six to start off the year. I know it's been a a weird year with rankings and teams starting and not starting and all that, but um, that was a a hell of a win. It's still in Death Valley. Obviously, it wasn't at night, and it wasn't a craziness crowd, but – that's a, a hell of a good start. Um, to touch on a couple of teams who took care of business a little bit easier, um, L, uh, Auburn and Kentucky, the game was close in the first half. It was 7-8 to eight at halftime. Auburn was winning. And then Auburn just kind of flexed their muscles a little bit, 129-13. to 13. Um, Again, most people were picking Auburn. That was kind of the consensus uh, game day pick, Vegas pick. Um, again, Kentucky is a team that normally beats the teams they should and puts up good fights against teams that they shouldn't. 
And this was kind of an example of that. Obviously, we'll see if Bo Nix can continue to progress as a uh, player. And if you're Kentucky, last year your quarterback was like a running, running, running guy. That like they they transformed yeah. a wide receiver into a quarterback. And I saw yes, he actually threw thir- the ball 37 times. In Terry Wilson's, so maybe he spent a lot of the offseason working on passing. But again, Kentucky, if they have a good coach, they have a good system, but they're still not to the elite level yet. Um, A&M had an ugly game against Vanderbilt. They won 17 to 12, though. So for Jimbo, you got to win. And with Georgia to kind of wrap, uh, to hit on some SEC teams, they had a really ugly first half. But after they woke up, um, Georgia even took into care of the business third, too. Until yeah. they put that backup yeah. quarterback in, they they're going to have some issues quarterback wise, and it's coming. That issue might show up. We'll get to it, but that Georgia game's this week. Yeah, Georgia won 37 to 10. But as as my uh, co-host said, for about the first 37, 38, 40 minutes, that game was, you know, if you're a Georgia fan, you're like, holy shit, Arkansas has not won in the SEC for over two years. Is this the is this the new start to the year where it happens? Thankfully, it, if you're a Georgia fan, it didn't. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of your SEC uh, wrap. I, I will, as we go down through a few more ranked games, I'll, I'll give your boys some credit. Um, a lot of people thought that this would be a, a competitive game. You know, normally the, the cliche in college football is, oh, it's a rivalry game, so it's going to be close. Like, throw the point spreads out the window, kind of like uh, Carolina Duke in basketball or, or whatever. Like, a lot of people thought that Florida State-Miami would be fun, and normally this is a series where the past 15 years, the underdog normally does perform pretty well from a, a point spread perspective and wins, but um Chris, you, you boys got a, a very talented quarterback. He, he's hopped around to a couple of different schools, but he, he's home now for your Hurricanes in the backfield. And this is a team where you got a flashy dude in Derek King, and the, the potential is a little bit higher than the last couple of years because you have such a, a talented playmaker in the backfield. Yeah, it really is. And uh, we already have a pretty solid defense, and that's something we've been waiting for. They got like three running backs uh, Harris really stands out in that position. Um, over 200 yards rushing again. Um, and King, this dude just zips the ball in. And right when you think he's on the ground, he's either up rushing the ball. He led the team in rushing with 65 yards. It was kind of a spread effort there. Um, but very accurate thrower. Maybe percentage-wise, his accuracy has been kind of so-so. But this guy, when it's there, he darts it in and uh, I knew it was going to go pretty well but the combination of the new air raid type offense as well so we're we're coming on a whole different new you know we're basically saying okay what we did with the defense three four years ago Miami they said you know we got all these South Florida athletes why don't we design a defense that caters to them makes sense right since South Florida is the the top place for football it just is sorry uh, Texas and California and in Ohio and Georgia. But we know that that just look at the percentage of pro players in the NFL that come from South Florida from three different counties. And then you, know, you can do the math. You don't need a calculator. Um, but now they're doing that on the offensive side and they just got a stud top tier guy in as a as a freshman that can you know, learn behind this guy and learn the system. And they got a guy that's been there for a while who's going to take over next year because this is 
just a one-year fix as far as quarterback, but the system now is in place, and I think that's a, that's a huge deal um, because they just got you know that up-tempo, let's get the ball in space, let's get it to the talent, and uh, they're looking really good. That Tennessee-South Carolina game was a grinded-out game. Um, Tennessee won 31-27. Last year they beat them by – 20 points or something. So South Carolina is like a sneaky kind of hard nosed team. Talked about two other ranked teams, Louisville, not being one of them anymore, but Pitt and Louisville, they kind of outlasted them in that game. Oklahoma state kind of had a bounce back uh, performance off of that Tulsa performance. They looked a little bit better. They got Hubbard and company going. They won 27 and 13 Cincinnati. That spread army. Cincinnati was 24 to 10. Or I'm sorry, it was 14 points. That was the spread. And what do you know, Vegas, 24 to 10. Uh, same thing with Vegas with the Iowa State TCU. I think Iowa State was a two-point favorite. Um, so it's kind of funny how Vegas kind of turns that out. Um, any other games you want to talk about before we get to this week five, sir? Uh, Cincinnati's quarterback is such trash. That guy, I, I don't know how he's been there for three years, but I'm just not a fan. If you can bet against Cincinnati and you see a good line, bet against it because Ritter just has never passed my eye test. Um, uh, oh, uh, two things, then we can move on. Um, one thing, uh, you know, UCF, they're they're freaking. Do you want to talk about? It? It's maybe not an error rate because maybe it's not five wide, but their offense has come out hot this year. Um, UCF is a team that could probably be undefeated at the end of the year if their offense keeps playing like they have been. And this could be a year where if all the weird stuff going on, people getting back to different schedules and the Pac-12 doing seven games and the Big Ten starting later. Like, I just, if there's a year to maybe try to sneak in the back door uh, for to be a, a non-Power 5 team, this maybe could be the year. So if you're a UCF fan, um, Dylan Gabriel is just chucking the ball around. Um, they're probably going to average about 40 to 50 points a game this year, it seems. So credit to them. Um, Lane Kiffin does need to get a defense. He, he had a, he had a tough first game. He did score points for Ole Miss, like Lane Kiffin and the he boys did. did. He okay, was out there. But, he he well, did he, that. He was out there doing that. <laughs> he was he was cheering on his team as a head coach. Um, How many times did he raise his hand before the play snapped because he knew it was going to be a touchdown? Did he do that on defense too, or no? Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, again, let, let let him recruit a defense. He, he, Ole Miss <laughs> definitely needs a defense badly. That that's 100% true. But my last little fun po- talking point here, and actually this game won me a ton of money. I bet a, a, a higher chunk than normally ever do. I bet the under in BYU and Troy because I thought, oh, yeah. okay, Troy has a good defense. BYU has a good defense. Um, Troy's defense didn't show up. <laughs> BYU's <laughs> defense did. but yeah, and, and, Chris, I, I had under 59, and it was 48-7. to seven, and, and there's about 10 minutes left in the game. So I'm just – I can't have one more touchdown. And BYU's running – they got backup quarterback in. There's like – the clock is ticking. They ran a play on first and goal from the five, get stopped at the three, and then take two knees for the win. Oh, my God. Ah. It was that was like at twelve fifteen on uh, midnight Saturday. I was I was ready to go to bed happy, so I'm happy they won. But aside from in my bet, my one question for you is BYU. The rest of their schedule is garbage. If BYU runs the table and goes undefeated again, may, is this yeah. the year or maybe even though your your strength of schedule strength of uh, yeah schedule is that good, you know. Is the BYU undefeated team something above Oklahoma? Because they have a good chance to go 8-0. and And I know that's normally not that beautiful, but 
8-0 this year, who knows uh, what the hell could be could BYU maybe sneak into something good if they run the table in, in 2020, Chris? I always think BYU's in the Mountain West um, because it just it plays a lot of those teams. Sure. Um, well, in basketball, they they are. They are, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But they play a lot of those teams in general. And BYU, by the way, had uh, the Gophers, uh, who before they lost Bateman were uh, 12th or whatever, something like that in the preseason. Um, so that would have been a nice uh, win for them. But I think that, first of all, that quarterback looks like he's the real deal. They're, they're putting up numbers. Um, and they're playing a decent team in Louisiana Tech, and they're 23-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, oh. I don't think that. Man, if you look at, like, Alabama, if you look at some of these schedules this year, Alabama has a tough schedule. Of course, it just so happens to be the year Georgia doesn't have a quarterback, but, you know, it is what it is. That's just how it works. When you don't have to play much of the other side until it counts, that ultimately helps you. But I think that they're going to run into some problems with their strength of schedule. And just uh, to piggyback off what you said about Central Florida, um, uh, 40 out of the last 41 games, they've put up at least 30 points. Golly. Uh, yeah. So that kind of, and that Gabriel put up another four touchdowns. Yeah. They're, they're, they're moving. And I think uh, it's also a name brand that central Florida has over BYU that I think would help them, uh, get further in the rankings. If that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's just weird that. Normally, even though we fall in love with underdogs as a country, a majority, high majority of the time, Chris, an underdog never runs the table undefeated. If this was a regular BYU season, they might have a great year, but they probably wouldn't run the table this year. They probably should run the table again. Who knows? But it'll it'll just be an interesting um, X factor that we normally never even have to consider. And again, I would not put their schedule above a Big Ten or an ACC or even a SEC contender, but it will be an interesting thing we normally never have to face as a, a college football fan base. Um, but as you were saying, to get into week number five, they actually do play Friday night. That'll, I guess that'll be good viewing for them. Um, Louisiana Tech, by no means, is no joke. They, they're a respectable mid-major football yeah. team. But as you said, BYU minus 23 and a half. Dear Lord. Uh, that's some respect from Vegas. Wow. That's yeah, I'm looking at that. Respect. Uh, against Jesus. the spread, I'm going to go against the spread and sneak under that. Uh, because I don't know. To, to do that back-to-back weeks. And the funny thing is BYU, for the last couple of years, has been the spread. Like, hey, if you want to, to have a tight game, you know. I mean, how many times did I say that in the last couple of years? Of oh, yeah. I mean, over You're... and over. And literally that one year, I think it was two years or three years ago, it was like 1918, 1816. Like, it, like, they always were there, win or lose. I think they were like seven and five that year, but ten of their games were tight. I, you're right. And, and this year that they can run the crap out the ball. And I know that they beat Navy badly and Navy wasn't maybe tackling before that game. They were focused, but BYU took care of business and damn did they embarrass Troy. Troy is normally a respectable mid-major team. They got their ass whooped. That wasn't even a game. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll keep it posted. Again, college games also have slip-ups. Every team has one. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, as you go into week five, it, it is fun again to have SEC back again. Um, Chris's Gophers and the Big Ten boys are going to be joining the party here relatively soon. We will have Big Ten football coming back. Um, 
you know, actually a couple of like normally kind of like good rivalry games are at the for 11 a.m. kickoff. South Carolina, Florida is normally a super fun game to watch. TCU, Texas is an interstate rivalry. Mizzou and Tennessee is normally always a fun game. So that's your 11 a.m. kickoffs. Um, NC State plays Pitt. That's not a fun game, like even though. And actually, Chris, I give you credit. Pitt NC won last State's week. NC State's not looking good this year, though. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I just, Pitt is minus 14. And I said this on the last podcast. I know that Pitt won their last game, but if you ever bet Pitt, just get a bottle of your favorite alcohol near you because Pitt, even though they're 3-0 and they're ranked 24th, that is not a team I like taking to the bank. Like there's days where I just, I, it's Pitt. And, and Chris knows that being an ACC fan, like he's seen Pitt ruin a hurricane season. He's seen Pitt do it. They're just, a, they are a crazy 50-50 kind of team. So actually, 11 a.m. game kickoffs aren't that are, are pretty nice for the uh, name viewing teams. Um, right. The point spreads aren't that beautiful. I, I'm a little surprised to see Florida's minus 18 and a half against South Carolina. But um, but as the day lingers on, my friend. Yeah, let's get into some what, of these ranked sure. teams. We can talk about the old sidetrack hardcore stuff. Let's get into the thick of things. Texas A&M and Alabama. What do you think about that game? Well, hell, I if we're going based off week one reactions, which is all we know so far, um, Bama and Bama called off the dogs. They could have fucking rolled Missouri. But Bama looked good, and A&M struggled against Vandy. So I would gladly look at taking Bama, and there's no there's no um, 12th man. This game is not in Aggieland. I won't be fans anyways. But um, Bama minus 16 and a half, obviously, Mac Jones had a nice start. Again, I think Mizzou was kind of let off the hook there. But um, I lean towards Bama. Um, you know, you can't say it was a look-ahead game for A&M with Bama because it was their first game of the year. So, again, you know, LSU had no business being ranked number five. Is A&M deserving of a 13th ranking when you struggle with a Vandy, Chris? Like, that's nope. – uh, that's no, so I would maybe use Bama in a teaser game down to a single-digit number, but I was, was going to say the 16-and-a-half is really the debate. Can they win mm-hmm. by 16-and-a-half? If you're going to bet the game, just take Bama first half. I, I, I think it's literally since, like, we had the tour run and the past couple of years, I think Bama's, like, around, like, 20-and-four for covering the first half. Again, some people just bet it blind. Like Saban and the boys are ready to go. They have a better team. And Saban's not a guy who runs up the score. He, he calls off the dogs and I, I, whatever. You can say that's classy or whatever. But I, Bama first half is the way to go. So if you're going to touch that game, I would tease Bama down, Chris, or I would take Bama. And if they're minus 16 and a half, they're probably going to be minus 10 first half, maybe minus 11. I'm sure people bet it. So, yeah, I would look at a first half angle if you're going to say – uh, roll tide over the weekend. Now, all we need is Saban to be a little bit more classier with his running backs, but we'll get into some of that some other day. Now, there's <laughs> number four Georgia, which is laughable off their performance, but I know that they that score does kind of throw that away. But and then Auburn, you know, number seven as well. Now, this is the first time we get to use this according to ESPN's oh, football power index, I'm hanging which is up. My, I'm done. my co-host. He goes by this all the time. 57.4 leaning to the Bulldogs' way. Um, like I said, it was Bennett who came off and sparked him um, off the bench last week. They're kind of stuck between quarterbacks. Knicks really came on at the end of last year. They started putting up 50 points, unless they had to face the Gophers, of course. But um, 
I don't know this. I mean, I, I, I like Auburn in this game, and, and Georgia's a seven-point favorite. What says you here, sir? I believe you were – were you on record of saying Georgia brought in their backup quarterback last game against Arkansas? Yep. Well, well shit. Okay, you, you have no – I'm sure you will have some home fans. Like, hell, Old Miss had fans. No one was wearing a mask, but that's a whole SEC thing. I wouldn't even go down that road, but – you will not have a crazy sold out Georgia blackout and their, their fans go all out normally with all the same colored shirts. So that's not there. Uh, Auburn has a more proven quarterback uh, coaching wise. Like those guys know each other. Shit. I, I would take the seven again. Yeah. Georgia was playing Arkansas and they were down seven to five at half. So you have a less talented quarterback um, defensively. I know that Auburn lost a lot of great D linemen uh, and to go to pro, but I, in a coin flip early season game, and you're giving seven points to a team who has a lesser quarterback who yeah, didn't look like that George great either. Didn't lose like, any bodies. They all oh, oh bodies. yeah, hell yeah, you're right. So I would, I would, I'm with you, Chris. I would gladly take the seven. I mean, you got you got a week of practice for the kid to learn, but um, Auburn's defense has to be as good as Arkansas's, or I would probably say better. So yeah, I would gladly take the seven points here on the road, and uh, hope that Bo Nix. <laughs> Well, Bo, Bo Nix has his moments, Chris. Some days we talk about oh, yeah. Bo Nix in a good way. Sometimes we talk about him in a bad way. But he has a whole year of SEC play under his belt, not a Georgia kid who's getting his feet wet for the second time in the pool. Right. And is Arkansas still in the SEC? Do they count that as SEC? I, I don't know. Um, poor I, poor Arkansas. They, they, they <laughs> I, got, play. I got Auburn straight up. Ooh, I'm just picking them, too. I like that. Forget the points. I'm going Auburn in general. Um, some Hell, other type. Yeah. I'm just going for it. Um, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma, six and a half points. That could be much harder than we think. Um, where was a couple other games I was going to talk about? Actually, just for fun, like hardcore level, Memphis versus SMU, both teams undefeated. Uh, Memphis, three-point favorite. That actually could be a really, really competitive, fun game to watch. Keep an eye on this. Boston College, if they can control the clock, that 13.5 points, they could come under it. I think North Carolina is going to win the game, but I, I'd at least keep an eye on it. Um, and TCU, Texas, I'm sure Texas will be all you know ready to go, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see what we you know happens on the uh, defensive side of that. And, you know, we see it all the time. That could be a, a big letdown spot. I mean, in, in college football, there's so many times where you win a big game and then you come out flat the first half next game. And, I mean, TCU-Texas, that, that's a, a good interstate rivalry. So I'm sure TCU is going to be ready to go. They got their first game in against Iowa State. They, they lost, but it was a close game. So, yeah, I, I would expect TCU to give Texas all they can handle. And, again, Texas did not look impressive at all. I mean, you you beat a, a Texas Tech team who, you know, you, you needed a miracle onside recovery. So, yeah, that that one doesn't surprise me um, at all. That, at that twenty a, points, a, sorry, twenty points. LSU's favored by twenty over Vanderbilt. I'm not saying they're gonna lose. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, may, maybe Vanderbilt's got a a good defense here. Who who knows? But if you're LSU. You know, you're still Brendan is still kind of learning to play quarterback. You got you lost a freaking full starting roster of pro players. Like I, the 20 seems a bit high 
just like they probably shouldn't have been a, a big favorite week one against, uh, wa- uh, I almost said Washington State, thinking Mike Leach. They shouldn't have been that big a favorite week one against Mississippi State and Mike Leach. So I, I would I would lean away betting LSU. I mean, they could roll against Vandy, but that, you're asking a lot for a team who is probably going to be in a, in a letdown mode after losing the way they did. And, you know, they've had a lot of COVID issues. Hell, in the news like two or three weeks ago, a lot of yeah. LSU players had COVID. And, I mean, you know, I, they look like the whole team had COVID. <laughs> I, mean, if they, I mean, that's what it looked like. Coach O was just telling us something. That's all. It looked like the whole team had, was actually still had it, though. And, and one thing, Chris, is as we're listening to people, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen to our podcast that enjoy gambling like us. With college football, you know, normally in a regular year, you could we could do our podcast for now, and then I could place a bet tonight, and I would feel you know good about the bet. With college football this year, and, and coaches, Chris, really hiding numbers and hiding who's playing and having a freaking uh, a, a questionable player for like 30 players, like uh, like it was uh, Georgia Southern against Louisiana Lafayette. They had like 30 guys questionable because they all they'd all had COVID a couple weeks prior. Like you got to be careful on your bets this year if you're going early because obviously yeah, COVID Tech kids are going to. Virginia had, had tw- yeah. Tech had 20 of them, 23 of them. Yeah, and, and even it was late news that Kansas State had eight people out against Oklahoma. Now, I, I know they did win, but if you're looking to bet college right. football, I would wait till Friday and Saturdays this year because, A, kids could get COVID. Hell, the game could get postponed, which cancels about it anyways. But, and coaches are being really sneaky about saying who has what. So in a regular year of research, you could, you know, you could dig into LSU against Vandy, but Coach O is not going to probably share information about COVID or maybe Vanderbilt's team gets a COVID bug. Like we we obviously love betting and we want y'all to bet too. And want y'all, we want all to make money, but I would hold off on early week bets because it's hard to go back and change it once the bet's made, unless you want to bet the other side and wash out your bet. But yeah, the, the COVID, the COVID bug will keep happening. Hell Memphis, is just now playing for the first time in three weeks because they had a team party on a party bus and they had to cancel some of their games. And well, I'm and, sure – go yeah. ahead. Okay. Well, to your point, there's only one postponement on the schedule, but that was last week too, and there turned out to be five of them. Every week there's about five of them. So right now Rice and Marshall is the only postponed, but every week there's been additional postponements. I'm not saying that's for sure going to happen, but – um. That was part of what I liked about, you know, putting the season off a little bit too, because we're going to get in a situation where somebody's seven and zero and the other team's ten and zero, and then what do you do there? I know, and, and, and let's be realistic, Chris. Like Ole Miss, like they're they're a part. Like all, all these SEC schools, hell, any school, they're going to party. Like kids want to party. They call. I'm sure Bama. And Florida and Georgia and Auburn, I'm sure all the football teams had parties. Like, you, you can't keep it from partying. You're not going to kick college football kids off the team for partying, you know. So the the COVID is not going to – there's going to be SEC games that are canceled due to infections, like the team the team spreading it. So, um, again, just be leery. Obviously, again, betting's the best, but I would just not pull the trigger early because if you bet a team – if you bet LSU minus 20 – and they get more kids with COVID, and they're using a third-string quarterback, all of a sudden the line's probably going to drop or something like that. So just, you know, be patient with that. Um, and let's, one other uh, let's, let's, get her, okay. let's get her done here. We're, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're adding up here. 
Sure. Well, in my last SEC game I'd look at again, if no injuries or COVID happen, Old Miss, my boy Kiffin against Kentucky, you have a team that uh, Kentucky is going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And they're well, well coached against Old Miss, who's still trying to get their their uh, exposure into the SEC with new coach. So I would look at Kentucky. They're minus I don't six know if exposure is maybe the best terminology there, but hey, what do I know? COVID exposure, whatever. <laughs> uh, I think Ole Miss is still going to try and get their system down. So I think Kentucky would be a safe bet, but if, if Kiffin wins as a dog, so be it. All right, but yes, for the crafty, crappy pick of the week, which again, 1-0, we normally hit it about a 70% clip. That's no lie. You go back to our numbers. Um, we have a beautiful, beautiful game. It is uh, just, 4 o'clock. Let's talk about last week, though, because you picked oh. a game that was highlighted on ESPN as the worst two games or as the worst two teams. Yeah, well, last week we picked uh, UTEP against what, uh, UL – no, UL – Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, Louisiana Monroe. And, again, we had a great breakdown. teams, number 90 and 91 in week four. That's what it was. And and we picked That's the winner. We, we we actually picked the the straight out like it, it was a thumping. We picked the winner like UTEP and you know I'm sure I'm sure Mia Khalifa I'm sure she was watching. We had a lot <laughs> a lot of a uh, pro sport alumni too. I'm sure she was cheering on her school and looking good while doing it. So um, the the boys are one and zero again. Shout out to UTEP and their great alumni. Um, it was a truly garbage garbage game. I didn't know that the rankings were that bad me neither <laughs> that, that, and then i that saw kind of i was like something. oh my god what do we got well, for hey, this I, week sir all right so um again like i was saying it is a, a central time location based game in in the country at 4 p.m you have a a talented matchup between i just had here where to go okay um western kentucky who did appear on this show last year and middle tennessee again Middle Tennessee got embarrassed, embarrassed by Troy, and Troy just got ran out the damn gym by BYU. So Western Kentucky is 0-2. I believe they're the Hilltoppers. And Middle Tennessee is 0-3. They're both uh, Middle Tennessee's own one in Conference USA. This is Western Kentucky's first Conference USA game, and we're playing at the Johnny, in quotations, red Floyd Stadium in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Chris. Tickets are <laughs> 72 bucks to get in. Holy shit. COVID. For, oh, my God. This ticket would normally be $15 to get in. You're paying $72 to go watch a garbage-ass team play. This might be the highest-paid ticket we've ever seen on our show. Well, they got a lot of – dude, it takes a lot of – you got to pay out to get Johnny Red Floyd the naming rights. Oh, you got to pay Johnny Red, dude. Who is Who is paying – $72 to go watch Middle Tennessee play bum Western Kentucky. I'm going to let you go. I normally don't have my rants. This is your segment of picking. But a 70, I no way. I, I'd rather pay my damn electric bill and stay at home and turn, turn on ESPN3 than freaking pay $72 to go see those freaking teams. Go ahead, Chris. I'm pissed. Well, now we know <laughs> there's a price to pay to put up Johnny Red on your uh, on your stadium. I mean, that, that's something. But, yeah, this is garbage. Uh, with a capital G, um, 22 points for Western Kentucky, a game, 16 for, uh, who the hell is this team again? Middle Tennessee, the Blue Raiders, not the Red Raiders, the Blue Raiders. Um, you know, on the surface, 
you know, it looks like numbers wise, their O'Hara, their quarterback is like, yeah, yeah, but he's got five picks to three touchdowns. Whereas at least the Western Kentucky guy, um, you know, he's four touchdowns, no picks. So, but it is a run, a run oriented offense from what I'm just, you know, gathering, but defense, they don't believe in it. I think like there it's social distancing rules because 32 and a half Kentucky, Western Kentucky, but then you have Middle Tennessee is giving up 42 a game. Um, and they're also giving up – I mean, look at the rushing yards allowed. Hey, you want to run the ball? This is the game. 249 giving up Western Kentucky and two twenty or 222 the other way. Um, so there is just no stopping nobody on this one. I'll tell you what, though. The Hilltoppers are going to climb up high up above Johnny red storm in there. There we're going road team again. We're going road team again. We're going to go Western Kentucky um, because they actually played with a decent Louisville team. They, they played with them. Now they lost, but they were in the game to an extent. Um, they also went with Liberty toe to toe. I know that's not sounding like that great of a resume, but I am going to go uh, with the, the road team again to get their first uh, W of the year, sir. All right, and to wrap it up now, which I've decided to install, the alumni for both teams. Um, for Middle Tennessee, uh, Chris Young, I don't know if he's a country singer or a former baseball player. Um, Hillary Scott, I believe, is like a Disney Channel former actress. Uh, and Eric Walden is a pictured as an in an Indianapolis Colts jersey. So I'm guessing he's a professional football player. Um, Aisha Clark, I actually know her. She's a WNBA player. So she's probably the most famous alumni to me from Middle Tennessee. So pretty slim pickings for Middle Tennessee alumni, a WNBA player leading the way. Good for her. She's a great player. And for Western Kentucky, um, Clem Haskins. That's that's a man that co- – uh, Oh, you know, yeah. Uh, Romeo Cornell, former uh, Patriots defense coordinator. Yeah. Uh after that we got some pictured athletes who are in jerseys i don't recognize their names uh courtney <laughs> lee former a former nba player or maybe oh yeah parent. and uh jeremy johnson in a Bengals uniform um i don't really recall his name being said much so <laughs> it is there's no adult film actresses this time or any great players but the western kentucky alumni takes the edge from that standpoint so we will have more <laughs> SEC games to talk about, plus other college football. Again, if you're going to bet, just be smart and let's all make some money. Again, want to know on the season, though. You want to make money, come to the crafty pick. Getting ready to go 2 0. So, on that note, um, the boys are out tonight. Enjoy an incredible week of sports and mask up, stay safe. We're out. Peace. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.